<clears throat> okay, Bruchem Avoim. Welcome, everyone. We have uh, three important shirim today. Parshas Emar, Perkei Um Welcome, everyone. It's wonderful to see everyone. Uh, a few important announcements. First of all, um, if everyone could... Uh, would li- if everyone would like to sign up to our email list, this way you'll have updates regarding uh, Shiurim and how to connect with them and any uh, new happenings. So first of all, you could check out our site. There are a lot of new updates, a lot of new features, RabbiDG.com, um, with all the latest updates. Today is the yard site, traditionally of the great Tanner of Imeir Balhanes. And on this date, you have historic opportunity in Tavshin Pe'alef, we're zeichet to put out this humble sefer on Rabbi Meir, El Meir Anini. And now, you have the opportunity to participate in bringing it in the English language. So this is a very important work. It's about Hashem's eternal and everlasting and immutable love for the Jewish people, that we're always considered the children of Hashem. And we have a very brave project to get this out by the other uh, yard site, which is uh, Hanukkah. So if anybody wants to participate, Tavei Aleichem Bracha. If you go to our site, you could sign up for the email. So you see, you know, there are three shiurim today at 10.45, and you have the Maramakoimais for uh, today's shiurim. You could get the Maramakoimais for Monday's shiur, from last week's shiurim. Here, you could click here to hear a shiur on the coronation of King George, uh, the third with the oil of Har uh, the, the, That's a clip we gave last night. If you missed it, uh, check it out. Really uh, nice stuff. You could click onto the uh, Vayimayin, um videos. And also you could see uh, upcoming trips and so forth. Okay, so let's begin with Parshas Emar. <clears throat> Some insights onto Parshas Emar. Here we go. <clears throat> Okay. Parshas Emar. Um, and this is just a review of what we did Monday, but very briefly, Parshas Emar is always the parsha we read before Lag Ba'omer. By the way, it's interesting, Lag Ba'omer is also the yard site of the Rama. So the Remez they give is Emar is the letters Rama. Interesting, right? Emar, Aleph Memresh, is Oisius Rama. And they would say, Emar Bahar what the Ramah taught Klal Yisrael was a statute given on Har Sinai, Bahar Anyway, in Parshas Emar, it talks about the days of Svira Sa'imer. And we asked, why are the days of Svira and Emar? Emar is a parsha about the Mayadim. And we mentioned that just like the Gra teaches us that Erev Pesach is a Yamtav because it's mentioned in Emar, and just like the Svarno teaches us, Chalamoyed is mentioned in Emar, because it's also Yamtif, indicated by the fact we bring a carbon on Chalamite, so too the days of the Oymer, which begin by the bringing of a carbon and extend through the midst of Svira, are also somewhat days of Yamtif, like the Ramban writes, that they're like days of Chalamite between Pesach and Shavuos. And therefore, really all the days of Svira are Yamtif. The only thing is they've been transformed to Avelos because of the death of the students of Rabbi Akiva. But because the students did not die on Lag Ba'omer, therefore Lag Ba'omer retains its original status as Yamtif. So isn't it, isn't it significant 
that in this week's parsha we're really reading about why Lagba Eimer is a Yamtif. Namely, because all of Svira is a Yamtif. The only thing is, the days of Svira have been transformed through the death of the students of Rabbi Kiva, but on Lagba Eimer they didn't die, and therefore it retains its original status of Yamtif. Now, very interesting. There are many Averis in the Torah that the punishment is Kares. And yet the Torah doesn't really tell us what Kares means. The Torah doesn't say what happens to someone who has cut, does, okay, we know Kares means cutting off. Well, what's cut off? The, the fingernail? You know, it doesn't say. It says, V'nichrusu. over. What does that mean? So, in this week's parsha, it says, avariti, I will make them go lost. Rashi says, it says kares everywhere, I don't know what it means. So, therefore the Torah says, avariti, so it teaches that kares is just, means the soul basically goes lost. So I was wondering, okay, that's very nice, but why would the Torah choose to explain what Kores means, Davka, by Yom Kippur. It could have said it by any of the Chayave Krisais. I think there are 36 Chayave Krisais. Gematria Echa. So why of all the Chayave Krisais does the Torah say what Kores means by Yom Kippur? Maybe we could say as follows. You know, you may have mistakenly th- thought that the punishments of the Torah are avenge, revengeance, cruel. You did this Avera, we're going to get back at you. The Almighty is going to get back at you. The Torah is saying no. The Torah is saying the punishments of the Torah are not to torment and not to take revenge and not to harm. They're natural consequences. And this is something we see clearly by Yom Kippur. What is Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is a day of atonement for the soul. During the course of the year, one may have sinned, and their soul therefore needs to atonement. And therefore we need to afflict our soul to attain and to merit atonement. So the Torah says, any soul that doesn't afflict itself or does melacha, it's not that the soul is going to be punished by God making it go lost. The soul is lost! Can we have a more lost soul than where God gives you on a silver platter an opportunity to clean and purify and gain atonement for your soul and the person says, no, 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 I'd rather, uh, I'd rather do malacha. I'd rather eat. So it's not that Hashem is coming and He's superimposing a punishment. Veha'avarati is the natural consequence. And the fact that kores is a natural consequence is much more apparent by Yom Kippur to us. It's much more oila al-hadas. It's something we could sense. So therefore, the Torah specifically by Yom Kippur says, don't you understand? The soul needs cleansing. The soul needs atonement. If it's not, if it's going to eat or do malacha, then this is, you're punishing yourself. It's not that I'm making your soul go lost. Your soul, you've allowed your soul to go lost. Okay, today's Rav Meir's yard site. In our humble work on Rav Meir, we bring that 
the Yamtif of Sukkis, there are two mitzvahs that we do that demonstrate we're Banam Lamakim. Number one, the mitzvah of Sukkah. The Chidah points out, do we have another mitzvah that, oh, you're not comfortable wearing tefillin, it squeezes your arm too hard? Okay, you're Pater, don't wear tefillin. Oh, uh, you know, it's too hard for you to blow shoifer, you don't, the sounds are not pleasant for you? You're Pater. You, do we have such a case, oh, tzedakah, it's not, it's, it's not comfortable for you? You're exempt. No, you know, mitzvahs, the person has to uh, exert themselves. And yet when it comes to the mitzvah of sukkah, mitzta'er is pater min sukkah. The chidah says the sukkah shows that we're Hashem's beloved children. He doesn't want to distress us. Likewise, chidah says the mitzvah of the dalin minim demonstrates we're banim lamakayim. Because the lulav is like the scepter of the king. You know, this Shabbos is the Shabbos of coronation. So they have all kinds of tachsisei malchus. They have a whole protocol with the crown and the anointing oil from Har Hazesim that was pressed outside of Beis Lechem. Well, the lulav is God's scepter. The fact that we're allowed to hold it means that we're a royalty, we're His children, we're the prince. And now we understand the beautiful... It becomes very sweet, the words of Rashi about Shemini Atzeres. Rashi says, what Shemini Atzeres? <coughs> a king who invites his children to a Suda. And when it comes time for them to depart, he says, my beloved son, please stay with me one more day. This analogy of the son of the king, the child of the king, is very illuminated, uh, is illuminated greatly in light of what we learned, that the mitzvah of sukkah and dalad minim demonstrate we're banam lamakam, and therefore shmini atzeres, God turns to us and He says, could you please spend one more day with us? Okay. Um, uh, final offering. Oh, oh, two more. Here we go. This is a, I will, let's call it very creative. You know, in the episode at the end of the parsha. We have the story of the Mekalel, somebody who pronounced the name of God and then he cursed it. And the Torah says what his origins were. His mother was Shloimis Bas Divri. His father was an Egyptian man. This Egyptian man raped Shloimis in Egypt and produced this child. And really he didn't belong to a Shevet because he didn't have a Jewish father. Rashi says, why was she called Bas Divri? She spoke a lot. She chattered. How you doing? Vas master. She, she was a yenta. She, she spoke a lot. She chatted. And because of that, she was violated. Because she was out there. And she was talking to men. And that's what brought to this. So one question, question number one is, maybe that's what caused her to be raped. But she was raped back in Egypt. What does that, what does it, that have to do? with her son cursing Hashem's name. I understand if you wanted to explain why Shloimus was violated. But this is not the parasha of Shloimus uh, uh, being violated. This is the parasha of her son cursing Hashem. So why do we need to call her a Dabranus over here? Number two, Rashi says, you know why we say who her mother, who his mother was and her, his father and his Shevet? Because... When a Russia does an Avera, he brings disparagement to himself, to his father, and to his whole Shevet. Question. 
Does every single time a person in the Torah do an Avera, it says their Shevet and their father and mother? And Rashi comments that when someone does an Avera, they bring shame to their family and to the Shevet. But over here it does. Why, why Dafka over here? <clears throat> Furthermore, when they stone the Mekalel, it says they lean their hands on his head. And Rashi says they basically say to him, it's your own fault. We're not going to be punished in your death. You caused your own death. Does the Torah say every time that we put someone to death, that we put the, our hands on their head, and we have to exonerate ourselves and say, you know, it's not our fault, it's your own fault. And furthermore, Rashi says, the whole Ada stones him. Says Rashi, every last Jew has to come and stone the poor guy. Says Rashi, we learn from here, Shluchai Shaladam Kamaisai. They are the representatives of the Hotzibar. Isn't it interesting that the Torah picked this juncture to teach that Shluchai Shaladam Kamaisai? Why Dafka by the Makalal does the Torah teach Shluchai Shaladam Kamaisai? So one is suggest as follows. Although any time a person does an Avera, it reflects badly on the family, it reflects badly on the neighborhood, on the Shevet. But specifically when it comes to speaking. Because the Gemara in Masech Sukkah tells us at the very end of Masech Sukkah, there's the following principle. Shuta diyanuka ima. The speech of a child, he either got it from the father or the mother. If a kid says something, it's not like something he came up with on his own. He heard it in the, in the house. He heard it either from the father or the mother. So although any time a person does an Avera, we hold the parents accountable. But specifically, if somebody is going to sin with speech, we know they got it from the father or the mother. The Gemara Sukkah tells us that a man went into the uh, Mikdash and he kicked him his back and he said, Lucas, Lucas! And the Gemara says they, they consud, they penalized his whole, the whole base av. And the Gemara says, why? What did they do wrong? Says the Gemara, well, shoot, he heard it in the house. So therefore, perhaps, when it comes to someone who, heaven forbid, cursed Hashem, that means he used harsh words against the Almighty. So anytime somebody sins, it reflects badly on the parent. But especially the way somebody talks. So we need to find out where did he get this from. He got it because his mother talked too much. Now Rashi says she talked too much, that's why she was raped. But if you want to know why do we need to know here that she talked too much, that's in order to trace back that the child who spoke harshly against Hashem, perhaps it was because the mother talked too much. That's why we need to know his mother was Shlomis Bastivri. Because where did the kid get her from? And of course, any time someone sins, it reflects badly on the Shevet. But especially when it's a matter of speech, meaning the, the power, the influence that somebody has through speaking is much more pronounced than through other modes of behavior. So therefore, if this man, Chasasham, cursed Hashem, he heard it from his mother, and she got it from the atmosphere of the Shevet.
And that is why over here the Torah emphasizes that the Edim are going to put their hands on his head and say, look, at the end of the day, we're not at fault. What? Why would I think they're at fault? He cursed Hashem. They just were living, they were just innocent bystanders. Why do they have to exonerate themselves? No. Somebody sp- sinned with excessive speech. Somebody spoke harshly against the Almighty. You need to say by His by His punishment, we're innocent, it's your own doing, it's your own behavior. There's nothing we could have done. But they need to say that. Because there is a certain element of guilt that they have. Ooh. So look what we learned from here. We learned that a person's speech could literally influence the way someone else behaves. You could have someone else who wants to do the right thing, but because he heard from his father or mother a certain type of speech, it changed who they are, it changed their reality. Look at the Kayach Hadibur. Oh, says the Torah Dafka over here. Now you understand why Shluchai Shaladam Kamaisai. Because I could say something to you. I could say, please, Yankel, go give that to Pliny. And Yankel, you became me. How could you imagine such a thing? I have to marry the woman, not you. I have to do the mitzvah, not you. No, I could make you me. How could I make you me? Through words. Are words so powerful? Yeah, this is the right parsha to teach it. The parsha, the Mekalel. The parsha where we learn because a mother spoke too much, the kid spoke against God. And that all the Adam have to say, we're not responsible. From this parsha, we see words transform somebody. They change someone else's reality. Very nice, by the way. Good stuff. Okay. Um, our Rosh Hashiva would say, look, you know, um, literally it means that other people should praise you, never praise yourself. But the Rosh Hashiva would say, sometimes you say a good svara, and nobody has anything nice to say. So in that case, if nobody's going to say it's nice, you have to say it yourself. Yahalucha zar, others should praise it. Vim loy, but if they're not going to do it, picha, you got to do it yourself. Anyway, that's what I heard in Yeshiva. Okay, last one. This is a, an old one, an oldie but a goodie. There are 49 days of Svira. The Rabbi Yosef Engel says the 49 days of Svira correspond to the 24 books of Tanakh and the 24 Matnas Kuhuna. And then the last day is review. So 24 for Moshe, 24 books of Tanakh, 24 for Aaron, Matnas Kahuna. According to that, the ninth of the Matnas Kahuna is the Lechem HaPanim. Which means Lag Boimer corresponds to the Lechem HaPanim. Oh, now we see a Remez Nifla to Lag Boimer in this week's parasha. Because after the Torah talks about all the Mayadim, and then it talks about Viata Tetzaves B'nei Yisrael, which is what? Chanukah, the Rekeach says. And then it talks about the Lechem HaPonim, which the Chassam uh, Sefer brings them from the Rekeach, is a remez to Purim. Purim, we have a Suda. By the way, the Gemara Megillah says that the uh, when the Malachi Ashores were arguing 
the same Klaus on the times of Purim, the winning argument was, eh, the nations of the world never offer the lechem upon him. His name was Memuchan, Klum Hichinu Lefanecha Lechem Apanim. So Lechem Apanim refers to Purim, and now we're learning it also refers to Lagba Omer, because the the 48 days, 24 Kenege Tanach, 24 Kenege Namanas Kuhuna, the ninth being Lagba Omer. Okay, Marabaisai, we're now up to your favorite time of the week.